0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: And welcome to a brand new episode of Phillies Today. Francisco Rojas here for Phillies 24-7. Phillies Today. Francisco Rojas, 94 WIP. As we are ending the month of January, which means we're getting closer and closer to pitchers and catchers and uh, spring training, opening day, all that in the next couple of months. But pitchers and catchers in almost two weeks. Very, very exciting times. Um, so a couple of things today, a couple of big things, actually a couple of uh big things I want to Leave the What to expect from a Philly in 2024 off of today's show. I thought there were more important things to talk about today. Hall of Fame voting results uh, happened uh, two days ago now. And we're going to update you on whether, uh, you know, did any Philadelphia Phillies, former Philadelphia Phillies get in? Um, and for the ones that uh, maybe didn't, uh, what it means for them, you know, going forward in the voting process and whatnot. Reese Hoskins, official goodbye as he signs the Milwaukee Brewers. And then um, the Phillies actually do have a little bit of movement, a little bit of movement this offseason. They acquire Colby Allard. We're going to get to that and what that means uh, for the the Phillies uh, this year. So starting off with the Hall of Fame voting results. And uh, you probably have already heard. No Phillies got in. The closest former Phil was Billy Wagner at 73.8%. 73.8%, just 1.2% away from getting in the hall. I think he gets in next year, though. We'll talk about that in a second. Chase Utley, 28.8%. Great for him from the first year on the ballot. Um, great for Phillies fans as we're you know, hoping that Utley and J-Roll get in. Bobby Abreu goes backwards a little bit, 14.8%. And then Jimmy Rollins also 14.8% in his third year on the ballot. So starting off with Billy Wagner, like I'd mentioned, 73.8% on his ninth year on the Cooperstown ballot. And I, I mean, honestly, I wasn't sure. Uh, you know, on the ballot tracker from Ryan Thibodeau does a great job updating you on the ballot tracker every single year, and I was really, I I wasn't sure because I think on the on the on the last uh last time we checked on the ballot tracker he was at seventy eight point eight percent, and usually those numbers drop, which is exactly. Uh, what happened usually because you don't, uh, those are only the, you know, public ballots and the, the public ballots are usually only 50%. So at the end, it was 57.4% of the ballots that were known. So usually those numbers drop off a little bit, which is what happened. So Wagner went from what 78, 79% on the ballot tracker to 73.8 in the end. You know, I read a interesting article from Jason Stark, um, which he does a great job on the athletic, you know, every single time out, but kind of laying out the path here where Trevor Hoffman was in a, in a similar situation where Hoffman went from, um, I think he grew, those last three years really grew like 5% more each year, something like that. Um, and Wagner kind of has that same path where um, I think last year was somewhere around like 65%, 67 I think, and this year gets 70, almost 74 I really do think he gets in next year. That seems like that's the conclusion from a lot of people too, is that he gets in on the ballot next season or next uh, you know next Hall of Fame season. So Wagner, I think implications are with the with how close he was this year. I think Billy Wagner gets in next year. For Chase Utley, you know, he's somebody that we've all debated, <laughs> you know, over uh you know, since last year, since we knew this was gonna be his first year on the ballot. It's a good start for him. It's a good start for Chase Utley. Uh, being almost 30% on his first year on the ballot, I think um, the more and more uh, we get some of the more modern day writers, uh, or the younger writers, excuse me, um, as we go forward in the coming years, I think that spells good things for Chase Utley. uh, As far as, you know, a a big thing was uh, maybe some of his more advanced metrics as far as you know the wins were above above replacement stats go and his, I think his defense is a little better than you know some people remember as far as analytics go and his peak was you know just unbelievable. So I think the more that you get some of these younger writers who are a little more analytically driven, a little more, not saying they're all. Um, but I think this says good things for Chase Sutley in the coming years. Um, you know, I can see him getting in like six, somewhere around like year six to eight, somewhere around there. Um, so I think this, the, the 28.8% great start. I put good start on here on my notes. Great start for Chase Utley, I think in his first year on the ballot. So Chase Utley, great start to year number one on the Cooperstown ballot. Bobby Abreu, no progress. Technically he goes backwards. He goes from, you know, over 15% last year to just under 15% this year, not looking great. And I mean, I do think, like I said, with Chase Sutley, I think with some of the younger writers on the, um, that, you know, they're, uh, coming in through the years that I do think, uh, Bobby Abreu will, uh, get more love as these years go by, but, you know, I, I, I still don't know if Abreu gets like a huge jump. Um, and this year, uh, definitely doesn't help his case, you know, as we, um, as we move along here. Um, and this was a So his first year was 2020. So 2020, 21, 22, 23, 24. So his fifth year on the ballot, he goes, uh, he started out at five and a half percent his first year and ends at 14.8 percent in his fifth year. So I mean from the first year progress but from last year he, he almost loses one whole percent which is really just keep it the same. So he didn't really make any progress. Um, I don't really think uh, this does anything for Bobby Abreu uh, going forward. Jimmy Rollins slowly chugging along. It's He's just gone year to year um with the hall of fame ballot um it's just like a couple more percent more um this was his third year on the ballot i believe just double checking this was j roll's third year right third year so uh j roll went from first year in 2022 9.4% 12.9 last year and then 14.8% uh this season so um, I don't know. I've I've read a few articles, watched a few things. Ricky Metallico thinks that, you know, I mean, look, it's his former teammate, so of course he's going to say good things about him. Um, but he thinks eventually J. Roll will get in. I mean, I've already told you guys my opinion on J. Roll. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Definitely a Wall of Famer, but not a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't think the next couple of years are going to tell us a whole lot, though. Like, especially you know, only getting a couple more percent this year. I don't think you're going to see a huge jump in like years four to six like i don't If you see a huge jump it'll be later down the line so we'll see j roll not not this year not set, telling us a whole lot and i don't think the next couple of years will tell us a whole lot either so j roll makes a little bit of progress technically going from a uh, 12.9 last year to 14.8 so just uh moving a couple more percent along um so also rest of the hall of fame just real quick uh Joe Maurer in first year on the ballot. Um, Adrian Beltre, not a surprise. Slam dunk, gets 95% of the vote. And Todd Helton makes it in. So Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and... uh, Todd Helton, Maurer, and um, Beltre all in the Hall of Fame this year. So they will be joining Jim Leland, so the class of four there, for the 2024 Hall of Fame. And you better... Bet I will be there as I was there for Scott Rollins and Fred McGriff's inductions last year. Um, definitely definitely something I would recommend going to the Hall, Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, if you're a baseball fan in any way, shape, or form. Even if you're like a casual baseball fan, I would still go. I think it's a truly incredible experience. So, um, Baseball Hall of Fame, definitely something you should do. And I will be there this year for those inductions. Um, so... There you go. That's the Baseball Hall of Fame for the Phils and for some of the guys that got in. Uh, next. Man, um, kind of, we, all, we all saw this coming once uh, Bryce Harper was named uh, the official permanent first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies this year. Kind of spelled the end for um, Reese Hoskins' ten, uh, tenure here in Philadelphia. He signs with the Milwaukee, Milwaukee Brewers, two years, $34 million. I thought the, the the real fit was going to be with the Cubs, and he stays in that division, and I still think this is a good fit uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. Reese Hoskins to the Brewers fits in perfectly as a cleanup hitter in that lineup with the likes of Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich there. So um, Reese Hoskins signs with the Brewers, two years, $34 million opt out after the first season. So if Reese has a huge season this year, maybe he opts out and tries to get more money. Hey, that's might be my hot take of the year. Reese Hoskins wins MVP. I don't know. I might, it still might make sense. I thought he was going to be MVP with the, with the Cubs, but, uh, maybe he wins MVP with the Brewers, like a 40 Homer, 120 RBI season, something like that. I don't know. Um, but, and I think we would all be happy for Reese as long as the Phillies, you know, we'll make it back to the world series or something. Um, So again, Reese two years, 34 million opt out after the first season. And I really do think it's perfect for what the Brewers need, but I maybe, I don't remember if I did, did this right after Bryce became, became this official first baseman, but I'm just going to go through a timeline of Reese Hoskins moments here. Some of them are my favorite and some of them like are just things that I remember the most about Reese Hoskins. Um, and maybe one of the, a couple of these things you won't love, um, and I know we all love Reese now. By the way, I just want to let the people know out there and remind the people that didn't like Reese Hoskins. Like half the, it's like it's like half the uh, the fan base with Aaron Nola. half the fan base hates Aaron Nola, half the fan base loves Aaron Nola. Same thing with Reese Hoskins. Two homegrown guys. Um, but there was a point in time up until the batslam pretty much, that half the fan base hated Reese and half the fan base loved them. So I just want to remind you, and that was up until a, a year ago, like what, like 16 months. So most, for most of Reese Hoskins' tenure, I just want to remind you, like 90% of Reese Hoskins' tenure, half the fan base and half of you listening out there right now didn't like Reese Hoskins for the most part, you know, from for his most of his time here in Philadelphia. So I just want to remind you of that. Just want to remind you, but timeline, favorite memorable moments, uh, you know, different things here. So starting in 2017, we all remember fastest player to ever reach what nine, 10 and 11 homers. I mean, he hit, he hit, what was it? Eight homers in 10 games, nine homers in 10 or something like that. Regardless was so somewhere around there, his first year there played 50 games. Um, Kate was called up. Early in August, first player to ever hit 18 homers in his first 34 games. Insane when Reese came up. We all knew that he was going to be a good player. Definitely some good implications there. And ends up winning, uh, or not winning, ends up finishing fourth in Rookie of the Year voting. I don't know if he, I guess technically he qualified. But his 2018 was technically his first like full season in the bigs. I don't even know how that works necessarily. I forget how it necessarily works. But Reese, his rookie year technically was 2017, but 2018 was the first real year. 2018, hits 34 homers in his first full season. I believe that is still his, yep, that's still his career high. I think he breaks that this year and wins MVP for the Brewers. Just saying. Again, Uh, 34, 34 homers, 96 RBIs, a 850 OPS in his first uh, to me, first full year in the big leagues playing 153 games, um, 34 homers and 850 50 OPS. So, um, Reese, uh, you know, offensively in his first year was really good. was really good. And it was looking like he was going to be, you know, um, just a power hitting monster for years to come. I'm going to fast forward to 2021 And this is something I will always remember with Reese. And maybe people don't want to remember. And I think over the years here, we're just like, don't care. Maybe it wasn't as big of a deal as I'm making it. But the one thing I hated that Reese did in 2021 was after, I think, I believe it was after a a win over the Mets in June. He starts off his post-game interview saying, like, all right, I'm going to take it from here. Um, He starts it off saying, you need to write about... Basically... He says, like, okay, I play bad defense, like, write about all the bad things I've done, but also write about all the good things that are happening on the field, like Eflin going out, and, and I think Eflin's, like, his guy, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, Maybe that's more of Aaron Nolas' guy. But regardless, um, Hoskins says, like, oh, write about all the good things, like, Ranger Suarez did this, and blah, 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 and this, this happened. We had the lead here. And this is expectations for a Phillies team that should have been, you know, in the playoffs, like, contending for a playoff spot. That's what the overall expectations were. And he says, well, write about the good things. Like, if you are going to say these things, we'll also write about the good things. And I hated that. And the fan base hated it. And I still hate it till this day. And I still, I, I, I love Reese Hoskins, but these are one of the things that I absolutely hated. He said, write about the good things. Write about all the good things that we do, despite being we're supposed to be a contending team. And they were like three or four games below 500 at this point in June. So it was almost like half the season played. And you're not playing up to expectations. So let's be real. And he says, oh, he ends up saying, oh, well, I know this team is running us. I'm like, come on, man. Like, I remember at the time saying, like, dude, you got to read the room. Like, what are we doing? So that was not one of my favorite Reese Hoskins moments. But it's one thing I will always remember about Reese was for that. But then let's fast forward a year later, a year and a half later. 2022 is when we all truly fell in love with Reese Hoskins in that postseason. Game 3 of the National League Division Series has the bat slam, we all know it. Off Spencer Strider and the Phillies take uh 3 of 4 against the Atlanta Braves, but that bat slam was truly an incredible moment. Uh, hits the uh hits the hits the the bomb and uh we all we all remember Reese for that for that bat slam. Um to him, and then he had uh, you know, a couple of weeks later. Or it was a week or not even a couple of weeks later. Two home runs against the San Diego Padres in the NLCS uh, game four. Hits one off of Mike Clevenger. Hits one off of Sean Mania, And that's the other moment that I remember from the postseason for him. Obviously, the, the bat line being the biggest, but two homers against the Padres in game four. Huge. Remember that. And then one bad thing, one good thing here right before spring training starts last year or before the season starts in spring training. Fortunately, he tears his ACL trying to, uh, trying to grab a ball in, um, right behind first base. It was in like short right field tears. His ACL is out for the year. Um, expectations were that maybe potentially he could be back for the world series. Of course, Phillies don't make it there. Um, but tears his ACL is out for the year, unfortunately. And it was really a big blow. Um, But one good thing, and I was there for this, and this is my first, you know, playoff game at CBP, throws out the first pitch of the Marlins or against the Marlins in game one. And that, that was something that I will always remember, um, you know, being there in attendance for that to see the ovation that Reese got, you know, Reese also got the ovation for, um, getting the national league championship, uh, his ring, him getting that ring and I'll always remember that, too. I'm watching on TV him, him getting that standing ovation. But being in person there for uh, the first pitch during, you know, game one against the Marlins, like I'll always remember that. That's, you know, truly how much he's loved here now in Philadelphia. Maybe it wasn't a great, you know, ride. But sometimes maybe you appreciate that ride as a fan. And maybe even Reese does to a certain extent. And also one thing I didn't mention, this just came to mind 2019 opening day hits that grand slam. And that was like, Oh my God, like this Phillies team is so exciting. It took us three years to finally get to the expectations that we wanted for those that Phillies team. But we all remember Reese Hoskins grand slam 2019, you know, after acquiring acquiring Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, JT Realmuto, David Robertson, all those players that, you know, gave the Phillies big, big expectations that year. Um, big bat slam, uh, big, uh, not bat slam, but big, uh, you know, grand slam to start off the season there. And, uh, always remember that too. That was 2019. So a lot of memorable moments from, from Reese Hoskins, where they were good, where they were bad, more good things. And the one thing that I want to sum up here, two things, if you look at it as 162 game average, 36 homers, almost 100 RBIs, like take it for what it's worth, 162 game average, but still 36 doubles, almost an A50 OPS and almost 300 total bases. Despite a few of the injuries, obviously the big one coming last year also had an injury in 2021, but still put up like good numbers that year and in 170, or 107 games. He had underappreciated production as a Philly. And I still feel that way. I still feel like we don't want to appreciate Reese Hoskins production until now. Like the people that fell in love with Reese Hoskins that finally fell in love with Reese were because of the bat slam and were because of some of the postseason moments, but I still feel like some of the fan base doesn't appreciate the production that he put up here. And we, we, we still talk about the defense and I get it. That's one thing I haven't really mentioned here. The defense, I I get it, but his, his offensive production here was worth it. Even though the, the, some of the bad defense kind of sucked the offense that production not appreciated enough and I might have to do him as an underappreciated Philly here somewhere along the lines because I still don't feel like that offensive production is enough again take it for what it's worth 162 game average but still almost 40 homers almost 100 RBIs like that's underappreciated I'm sorry it still is underappreciated to this point I still feel that way I still don't feel like everyone you know posts posts like oh, we're always going to miss Reese for his bat slam and for postseason moments. Like, dude, like, uh, let's still love him for the the production he put up in the regular season. For Again, for what it's worth, but still appreciate that. Just how they don't appreciate Bobby Abreu for his offensive production throughout the years as a Philadelphia Philly. So, Reese Hoskins, underappreciated production as a Philly, still for me. And the last thing I want to say here to wrap things up. Everything you hear about and I never met Reese. All I can go off of is, you know, what I watch him do on the field and what I watch him talk about in press conferences and interviews and all that. Everything i hear about him is that he's a great person. Like everything I hear about from reporters um people that I know that have talked to him, everything I hear is that he's just like this extraordinary person. And that's like one of the things I'm going to take away from him too. Is that he's like this unbelievable person? Say the way Aaron Nola is; that he's a great person too. Two homegrown guys, two great, uh, two great people, and that's one of the things that I hear about Reese Hoskins is that he's like this, just this like very like seems like very caring person, and I think that is important when remembering Reese Hoskins too. Yes, I mentioned a few of the bad things that I remember about Reese, but I do think all in all, what I remember him about him you know, watching him, you know, him talk, whatever. She's a great person. And that's what I've heard a lot about. So that's one thing I'm going to take away from Reese is that we, uh, you know, we got a guy going to Milwaukee that was here and that they're going to be getting a great person in Milwaukee. So um, wish all the best of luck uh, to Reese. And I believe they'll be coming, the Brewers will be, be coming here in early June. I believe so. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, because then the London series is right after that. So, yep. So good luck to Reese Hoskins. Also, Hall of Fame voting results there. Let me know what you think of the Hall of Fame voting results on Twitter at Rojas underscore media underscore. Let me know your thoughts. That is Phillies today. I'll be back on Monday. Make sure you tune in for Justin Morgenstein and Ben Kenny, who got you for the other episodes. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, picture
0: this.